This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Wheat, it is lower with speculative positioning ahead of the weekend, a feature there. Chicago wheat down two and a half cents in the July contract at 542 per bushel. Kansas City, five cents lower in July at 488 per bushel. And Minneapolis spring wheat, it's down three cents in the July contract at 516 and a half per bushel. That's a look at the ice futures and U.S. markets for Friday morning, April 24th. In Winnipeg for Markets Farm, I'm Phil Franz Warkenton. Spring is here and the drive is on for savings. Get up and running today during New Holland's Spring Drive sales event from Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John. Find great deals and special savings featuring 0% financing and cashback offers on New Holland tractors from compacts to high horsepower models and everything in between. Save on select New Holland hay tools too. Call Butler Farm Equipment at 250-785-1800 today because just like spring, Spring Drive savings won't last long. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Moose Talks. We're going to be talking with our local MLA, Dan Davies, a little bit later on. I'm sure he's got a lot to say about uh, everything that's been going on, uh, both politically and just domestically. Uh, But we are going to start the day with our local MP, Bob Zimmer. He's the MP for Prince George, Peace River and Northern Rockies. He joins me now. How's it going today, Bob? Uh, pretty good. I, I must say, uh, you must forgive me. I just got off the bike, so uh, it is what it is. Absolutely. I mean, you got to work out, and this is just uh, kind of the world we're living in at the moment. So, thank you for taking time to talk to us uh, anytime, really, and especially after just getting off your bike. Uh, why don't we start with this? Uh, so much stuff has happened uh, since the last time we talked. The world is very different. Uh, mm-hmm. The federal government has been rolling out. Uh, benefits, support after support. I mean, the Prime Minister is uh, talking to us six, seven days a week, uh, telling us the things that are going Mm -hmm. on with uh, money they're putting out and whatnot. How do you feel, uh, you and the Conservative Party, about how the Prime Minister and the Liberals have dealt with the COVID-19 pandemic so far now that we're a month and a half into social distancing, for example? I'll start off with the positives. I think there was a lot of angst there still is a lot of angst and uh to the government's credit they tried to get a bunch of money into people's hands just to to pay bills and uh, continue on as normal as what we're seeing now is there's a lot of programs that are being announced there's a student program just announced a few days ago with the price tag of nine billion dollars and that's great but uh we're seeing by the time we're done and again we're not really sure when that's going to be a lot of these the programs that are being announced are only good for the next uh you know 90 days or so so we're seeing almost a 25 percent increase in our national debt and eventually that's going to land in people's laps in terms of higher income tax and the like so we understand the need for some uh, emergency funds there's no question about that we're just getting concerned now about uh the future and that uh, ever-growing debt and the cost to canadians that it's going to uh, have on them 
I think we're we're looking at even Scott Moe had announced about how to get his economy back uh, going again. Uh, we've been talking about this sometime behind the scenes about what's post-COVID going to look like. Or during COVID, we're going to probably have to take some measures so we can continue on with the virus around us. So, uh, you know, Canadians need to get back to work. I don't need to say that to the residents of Prince George, Peace River, Northern Rockies. A lot of them have been working and are trying to get back. So uh, we're really trying to get done. Um, and that's why I went to Ottawa was to see some changes to some of the programs that are now so it would uh, uh, more positively affect us out here. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, as you said uh, to me right before we got on here, and this just floored me, uh, you drove to and from Ottawa this past week, week and a half, uh, in order to be in Parliament mm-hmm. on Monday to help pass some measures and debate them. Um, what, what was that like for you? I mean, you are in one of the more remote parts of the country as an MP. Uh, to go back to yeah. do one thing and then come back and, and sort of avoid planes as you did, Uh that must be a huge challenge and a huge burden for you and other MPs who are kind of in this similar situation in the Yukon, in the Northwest Territories, northern parts of other provinces, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think short of uh, Yukon, I think we're the furthest away and from Ottawa. And a bit of that was, you know, again, we talked before uh, just about the, the lack of local flights. And then I just thought, well, uh, we had been hearing about flights being canceled in some of the major centers. So just to de-risk it, I needed to be there Monday uh, just did the math and looked at the maps and uh, I knew when I had to leave to be there. Uh, I, I say being there Monday was really, uh, it was an honor. And I say it this way that for that reason is it really is the center of our democracy is that place, the place where the green seats are is what I always say. And uh, we've been fighting to have sessions there to hold the government to account uh, and also to make some of these programs function. A lot of the programs being announced don't affect aren't, there's no money going or flowing into the hands of small business owners that uh, there's a lot of parameters that really exempt them from any of these funds to access. So I'd been hearing this for weeks that these uh, problems had existed and we weren't really hearing a lot of uptake. Uh, Pierre Polyev and Dan Albus, some of our critics, I'm the critic for Northern Affairs and Northern Economic Development Agency. We've been trying to get some of these measures put in place uh, just to no effect. So, um, we needed to debate this and bring it to the attention of really Canada that these things needed to happen and changed. And that's why I went out to Ottawa. And again, it was an honor to be there. Uh, you know, democracies and, and parliaments have sat through wars and through various tough times. And uh, this is similar to that. And uh, again, we need to have a functioning democracy. And again, uh, that's why I was honored to be there. Uh, and just to prove if I can do it, uh, so can anybody else uh, can get to Ottawa. Absolutely. Uh, I want to bring this up. Uh, As I understand it, um, there's been a lot of debate, as you say, going on lately between uh, the Liberals and the Conservatives and the NDP about what Parliament should look like, because you have to be able to pass bills. Uh, The Liberals Mm -hmm. are asking you guys to support uh, money, money, money out the door that requires you uh, to vote on it and debate it and and these sort of things. as I understand it, the Liberals have said once a week they want to be able to have a sitting if needed to be able to do the debating and whatnot. Conservatives and Andrew Scheer have proposed, I believe, three times a week. Um, what does that yeah. mean to you, again, because as you say, you are one of the MPs who has to go the furthest to do that. I mean, you mm-hmm. kind of put yourself at risk more if if you have to be there more times a week, right? Uh, you know, I don't 
we're no hero. You know, it, there's a lot of other people that are sacrificing a lot more than I did just to drive across, across the country. And back in the day, 100 years ago, uh, just imagine MLAs and MPs traveling by wagon or by train to get to Ottawa and to Victoria. So, you know, it's been done before. Uh, the, what we're trying to get, though, is to hold the government to an account uh, for what they're doing. Again, I've just talked about our debt is increasing dramatically. Mm-hmm. And really, it's unfettered. They're basically doing what they want to do uh, without being held in check. And that's why that place is there, is to hold the government in check. And and then honestly, not just to, you know, to, to throw mud at somebody. It's really to make things better and make our whole uh, nation better. So that's why we were proposing the three days. And uh, we had negotiated to no avail. At least we had the one day. And I think... You know, I spoke to Andrew right after the session, and I said, you know, I think it was great that we did dig in our heels. At least we got one session, because had we not, uh, there would have been none. Uh, you know, we've heard many times that this virtual sitting proposal isn't going to be uh, realistic until the next two or three months into the future. Uh, for some reason, the logistics, they can't sort it out. So we still need the government to be held account uh, to account. And uh, that happens, and it happened Monday. I think what was a testament to our group, we had uh, a lot of provinces represented in the House. We had 11 of our members in there. And there was I thought it was great just being in the room. There's so many different issues that we all were experts at and brought to the floor. And we had Minister Freeland answered a few of my questions and, uh, uh, you know, the or attempted to answer the questions, I guess, with no promises of change. But that's what that place is supposed to do, and we're supposed to be be uh, trying to sort things out in the place. So anyway, I thought it was, again, it was good to be there, and uh, we just need to keep it up. Uh, Bob, do you know, is is it going to be like a rotating cast? Uh, as you said, you had 11 members uh, there this Monday. For the next sitting, is it going to be a different yeah. set of people so that it's not always the same faces so that each kind of MP yeah. has a chance to, to represent their uh, constituents. Yeah. Uh, so what, what uh, I can't speak for the liberals or the other parties, but mm-hmm. uh, what we're doing is rotating through our members, the members that uh, some members have family members that would be at risk if they were to expose themselves to COVID. So there's ones that are, are just saying, look, you know, um, the ones that want to come to Ottawa and be in the rotation have chosen to put up their hand and say, okay, count me in. I'll come out when you need me. So there's a rotation of that group and that's going to be cycling through. And I think it's up till May 31st or May 21st. That's when this, the next, that's how long this session is going to last. And then Mm -hmm. it'll be reevaluated and we'll see where it's at after that. And uh, one last thing on this, uh, you mentioned the virtual parliament and that logistically it's a challenge to get it set up to work right now. Um, Should things continue as they are, uh, would this be something that conservatives would support in the future if it logistically makes sense so that, uh, for example, you could get off your bike and then vote uh, (laughs) for for a bill or what have you, (laughs) debate it, if if they can make it work out? uh, Is that something you guys would support? Uh, well, we're seeing it happen in the UK already. Uh, we're still very concerned and cautious about not having in-person sessions. Um, you know, we are doing some of the Zoom calls. Uh, some We're having Indigenous Northern Affairs is a committee that I'm on, and we're just discussing how many sessions we're going to do as a Zoom call. So it is possible, but it's not ideal by any means. There's a different dynamic that happens when you, you have the ministers across from uh, the critics. There's a conversation that just 
it, it just doesn't quite cut it to be on a video call to do that. And it's just, uh, it's a different setting. Anyway, we think democracy is best served in person, as most democracies around the world still uh, vote and debate in person. So we look to get to back to that as soon as we can. Okay. How has the pandemic affected your work uh, just as an MP in, in speaking with and, and talking to and, and engaging with your constituents? Mm-hmm. Has that been a big challenge to kind of work through how you're going to be able to do that, given that I mean, so much of politics mm-hmm. is talking to people and, 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 and speaking with them? Yeah, and that uh, I'd say the phone calls have been increased probably two or three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of issues, the, the amount of time that we're spending on getting Canadians back on Canadian soil, uh, the repatriation, uh, India is a big focus of ours right now, trying to get some of our people home. So in terms of the not in person, often I was in Ottawa before anyway, so a lot of this would happen after question period. Uh, somebody would request a phone call back and I would call them back. Now it's just I'm calling them from home. Mm-hmm. or uh, calling them from my office. So it's just a different, I'd say the work is still being done. There's just a different focus now. Um, it's it's more on helps as opposed to passports and that sort of thing. But there's some significant issues right now. One being firearms, uh, the PAL system right now is not issuing PALs. Uh, and so that's, you know, it's affecting lawful firearms owners across this country. And the government really doesn't have an answer. So there's some, some you know, we understand it's uh it's changed kind of our dynamic as members of parliament too but there's things that really need to be done better and that's again why we're we're still pushing back on the government but as for my job i'd say uh it's always been a 24 7 type job and messages still come in on my facebook hey i have a relative that's in country x that needs to get home so we connect them to the right people so that just that i'm doing that while i'm still sitting with my family at 11 it starts at uh, 6 a.m. in the morning. So just extended that normal workday, that's for sure. All right. And uh, last question for you, Bob, and I'll let you go. Going forward, what are you and the Conservatives looking for from the Liberals kind of for the rest of this uh, session, if you want to yeah. do that? Is it scaling back? Is it is it finding different ways to pay for things? What is it you're hoping the Liberals and the government and you working with them uh, and the NDP and whatnot, uh, what are you hoping to see accomplished during this session? Yeah, I think what we're looking for is some of these measures that really need to be changed to help out uh, small business, especially. We're seeing their focus on the individual for programs, but small business is the backbone of our economy. And if we see a uh, you know, the vast majority of our small businesses uh, not come back after this. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to, you know, the program place that sustain them for at least for the next month or so. Uh, problem is a lot of the funding hasn't even gone out the door for small business yet. So uh, that's a concern. By the time the money finally uh, exits and gets to them, is it too late? So, again, I, I'd say as a last comment, uh, we've just really seen a, a lack of leadership in many ways, and uh, again, that's why I'm working with Peter McKay, trying to help him get to be our next prime minister, because we really need a good leader in our country. And uh, we've seen some missteps, some significant missteps. We understand it's a trying time. But uh, on the other side of this, we need a leader that's going to get us out of this predicament. And uh, there needs to be somebody willing to get our economy going and willing to to work hard at doing that. And uh, again, that's why I'm supporting Peter. But uh, anyway, alas. Uh, good to be back home, though. 
uh, it was a long trip. And again, it's always great to come back to the piece. I still can't believe you drove 4,000 kilometers each way to go to work. That's uh, incredible. Bob, uh, thank yeah. you for taking a few minutes to talk to us today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Have a good day. You too, Bob. All right, we'll be uh, right back with Dan Davies right after this on Moose Talks. At FSG Return It, we're practicing social distancing, so we've adjusted our hours to help keep our staff and you safe during this pandemic. We're open Monday to Saturday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., closed Sundays and holidays. Sorting tables are closed at 3.30 p.m. Check us out at FSG Return It on Facebook. We are here for you. Safely return your beverage containers into FSJ Return It. It just makes sense. Located on 10104 93rd Avenue in Fort St. John. Thank you to our nurses and doctors. Thank you to grocery store workers and truck drivers. Thank you to anyone working at a service that provides us with everyday essentials. Do you know anyone who's an essential worker? You should give them a shout out with Honoring Our Heroes. Record a quick video of you or your kids and submit it to our website at moosefm.ca. We'll make a video and share it on our social media and we'll air them on Moose FM. Show that you appreciate all frontline workers are doing right now by recording a quick video and sending it through our website at moosefm.ca. Hey, bud, big news. KFC's Extra Crispy Chicken is back. That's your big news? Yeah. It's like KFC's original recipe chicken, but crispier. In fact, it's marinated for full flavor and hand-breaded in KFC's crispy flour to add crunchiness to each bite. Did you work there or something? No, I memorized the flyer to freak you out. But seriously, you up for some chicken? KFC's Extra Crispy Chicken is back. Get the Extra Crispy 8-piece with medium fries for just $14.99. KFC on 100th Street in Port St. John. Listen to over 500 radio stations from anywhere in Canada with Radio Player Canada, the must-have app that's as Canadian as you are. Funny, well-informed, dominating the music scene at the gym or in the car. Enjoy every type of radio station anywhere, anytime. Listen through your phone, Sonos, Google Chromecast, Google Home, Amazon Echo, Apple CarPlay, and Android Auto. Download the Radio Player Canada app today. It's where Canadian radio plays. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. We've got an all politician edition of the show today as our second guest joins me now it's dan davies the mla for peace river north how's it going today dan hey good morning dub uh, you must be scraping the bottom of the barrel if all you can do is pull politicians onto your show this morning <laughs> just kind of worked out this way this week and i don't think it's scraping the bottom of the barrel at all but uh thank you so much uh, for yeah. taking a few minutes to uh, talk to us this yeah. morning dan uh I wanted to start with this uh, as we were just talking to Mr. Zimmer previously. Uh, there's been, especially in the last few weeks, uh, a lot of consternation between the conservatives and the liberals. And we're seeing something very different, it seems, in our own provincial government. The governing party, the NDP and the Greens and the opposition liberals, who you are a member of, seem to be generally on the same page about the rollout of the provincial response to COVID-19. Uh, why don't we start with this? What do you and the Liberals think of the NDP Green uh, kind of response so far? Well, first of all, before I start, I want to just mention wearing red today. It's uh, Red Friday today across uh, across Canada, mm-hmm. uh, recognizing the uh, you know the, the tragedy in uh, Nova Scotia, and uh, certainly our hearts and thoughts are out with uh, uh, all the uh, the families uh, that that were incredibly impacted by this. Uh, 
uh, event that that unfolded, as well as the RCMP that are mourning the loss of uh, one of their own as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know, to to your question. Um, you know, it, uh, it, it, of course, it's interesting times. I mean, you know, unprecedented times. Uh, you know, things that we thought were fairly normal two months ago are anything but right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we met, uh, the BC Liberal Caucus uh, uh, did return for a, uh, a skinny session. Uh, we did one day, uh, passed a couple uh, emergency bills, <clears throat> basically, to get government through the time but uh there it, it was you know we we talked amongst our our caucus colleagues and um you know we we decided that uh, there, there's a time for partisanship and there's a time to just put everything aside and uh, do what's right and and at the time uh and we're still in that right now is you know we need to be working together uh we you know a, a lot more happens in collaboration uh than i think does you know when when we're uh, fighting each other. And for the most part, um, there, there's a lot of stuff uh, that has been good that's happening in the province. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's also important to note, um, you know, that we still have a job to do as opposition. Uh, and, you know, as we move kind of out of our, our phase one, which is dealing with the pandemic itself, um, you know, we're and now conversation that we need to talk about what's next. And what next is we need to be talking about the economy, we need to be talking about getting people working and getting back to, uh, I won't say back to normal, because I, I, I really don't think that the normal that we had just a few months ago is going to be the normal uh, that we go into. So uh, we, we do have some, <clears throat> you know, some some things that we're now moving forward to as, a, as an opposition caucus. Uh, in fact, I, I did a piece um, recently about uh, the education, uh, you know, lackey, I, I think needs a little more leadership from the uh, from the ministry. So we're starting to move into that uh, where we are going to be starting to do our job as opposition critics um, as we move into uh, this next phase. Uh, Dan, would you say you guys have had a bit of, like a seat at the table? Is that maybe made this easier for the Liberals to kind of get on board and that, that the uh, Premier <clears throat> seems to be sort of listening and allowing collaboration in perhaps a, a way that the Prime Minister and the Conservatives don't seem to be uh kind of talking to each other other than in the press. Yeah, you know, and I, I think it's also something to, to look at. You know, we're, we're comparing 87 MLAs sure. uh, compared to 338, no, 340, I can't remember what the exact number is, uh, members of parliament that are coming from incredibly rich and diverse backgrounds and, and, and different areas of the country. So I think that's first and foremost one of the differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, um, our health health critic, uh, Norm Letnick, uh, has had a really good working relationship with Minister Dix. Uh, they are in communication every day. So I think that probably has uh, certainly made a difference. I've, I've had the opportunity to, uh, the education ministers uh, reached out a couple times and, and we've had a couple uh, you know, quick meetings and, and such. So I, I think there is that, that bit of collaboration uh, that does make things a little bit better. Like I say, you can put things aside if you, if you both have a common goal ahead of you that you need to be working on. And, and right now that is, uh, you know, doing what's best right now for the residents of British Columbia um, and, you know, defeating this pandemic. But like I say, next, the next phase of this is uh, a little more challenging, and, and I think that we'll probably be seeing a little bit different opinions on how we build our economy uh, out of this. So I think that's going to be the big change that we have right now, okay. or you're going to start seeing. 
Yeah, I see. Uh, speaking of that a bit, the Premier, uh, I guess, announced an economic recovery team. It was revealed during the Chamber of Commerce roundtable yesterday that uh, there's no representatives from Northern BC on it or the Interior. Do you know why that is? Um, can you word your, your question again? I, I missed that. There. I just had some noise in the background. Oh, that's okay. The Premier has set up an economic recovery team, and it was revealed during ah. the Chamber of Commerce roundtable. There's no representatives yeah. from Northern BC or the Interior on the team. Do you know why? Yeah, you know, and and I'll, I'll, this is going to be one of those things where you're probably going to start seeing us uh, pushing back a little bit. Um, you know, right now, the... Uh, as we again move into this phase of we got to get people back to work, we got to get our economy started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't keep going in, in the pattern that we're going. Uh, the premier has uh, created a, uh, a an economic recovery committee. Uh, it includes, you know, uh, the the Vancouver board of uh, uh, board of Co- Vancouver board of commerce. Board of Trade, <laughs> I, I, lots of now, I'm just off the top of my head, uh, as well as the Surrey Board of Trade, mm-hmm. uh, the BC Federation of Labor, <clears throat> they've got the BC Chamber of Commerce, uh, First Nations, as well as the nonprofit sector. Um, you know, good start, but it falls way short, uh, certainly in my opinion, of what we need to be moving forward. Where's industry at the table? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we need to be seeing, you know, oil and gas sector is, is going to be extremely important forestry sector, mining, agriculture, uh, tourism, which has been completely annihilated. Uh, You know, where are these uh, voices at this table for economic recovery? So um, the other pieces, where are the 250 uh, MLAs? And I call the 250 MLAs because the BC Liberals predominantly make up the interior outside of the Lower Mainland and and Vancouver. So where's the rural voice, the interior voice, the voice of the North? Uh, You know, like I say, the committee is a good idea. It, it's absolutely what we need, but it falls short of, uh, I, I think, what we need as we move forward to real economic development uh, or uh, recovery. We need those voices of, of these uh, experts and, and professionals that are in it. So we got to make sure that we are pushing for, uh, for these voices on that committee. I've talked about getting BC back to work as something uh, the Liberals want to see more of, and we'll be pushing back the government on coming, kind of coming up. Oh, what else would you like to see from the government, even just in terms of uh, the response to COVID-19 as we get into month two, three, four, and uh, even planning <clears throat> for future situations like this, if, if uh, God forbid, it, something like this was to happen again, say, in the fall, if there was a second wave? Yeah, um, well, my, my crystal ball is broken uh, uh, right now, so a mm-hmm. uh, bit of a challenge on, on you know, how, how do you plan for a, a pandemic like this? I mean, that that's beyond my expertise, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, I will guarantee, though, that uh, there will be measures put in place uh, dealing with medical professionals. Uh, you know, Dr. Bonnie Henry, you know, she's she's been, uh, you know, pretty, you know, incredible in, in uh, dealing with this pandemic. Um, you know, and health professionals across the world, uh, I'm sure we'll take some uh, pieces to deal with this as we move forward. Um, now moving forward, what, uh, you know, what are we hoping to see? <clears throat> uh, well, you know, we just talked about the, uh, economic recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our hope is to see that, uh, these voices are brought to the table. Uh, the BC Liberal Caucus, uh, my caucus that I belong to, we have, uh, already created our own committee within our caucus, um, and have been reaching out to stakeholders around the province, um, you know, wh- whether, again, that be oil and gas industry, forestry, mining, you know, all the sectors, uh, financial institutions, talking about, 
what is going to be best as we move forward and how are we best going to uh, recover from this? This isn't going to be a quick recovery. I mean, there's some incredibly large things that have to happen, uh, you know, before we're out of this, but we need to start having that conversation and we need to start getting a plan in place. And, you know, as we start moving toward these and, and, you know, people that are uh, listening to the program now are watching, you know, uh, reach out uh, to myself if you have ideas, things that you, you know, like I say, I, I think we're all in this together. This, this recovery is going to be all of us working together. There's going to be challenging times ahead. Um, it's not going to be easy. So the, the more input that I have, uh, I, I, I welcome that. And I'm going to be doing over the next little while. We've already heard uh, Saskatchewan yesterday announced that uh, they are starting a plan to do a, a, a light opening, I guess. Uh, in the in the first week of May, <clears throat> Premier Horgan has already mentioned that uh, middle of May, uh, the the NDP government hopes to be coming out with a plan as we move forward. And I think uh, you know if if British Columbia has been doing great, and and I thank everybody out there. Um, you know we're leading the pack in in all jurisdictions, pretty much on this continent, as far as you know flattening and and actually dropping that curve off. And that's been you know. The good work of people actually uh, following the orders, uh, doing what they need to do, making sure that they're limiting, they're staying home, they're washing their hands or coughing into their arm. You know, that's that's key. And, you know, we have a lot of people right now, and we, we do see people south of the border saying we need to open up right now. Um, I, I think that if we open up too soon, uh, the long-term pain of that uh, could be absolutely catastrophic and uh, is going to be much harder. I think we just need to stay the course a little bit longer and get a good plan in place, and then we can start opening and getting back to you know some sort of normalcy. All right, Dan, uh, we're going to have to leave it there for now, but I thank you very much for taking some time to talk to us today. Yeah, and I just want to do a couple things. You know, people for help, if they do do need some support, sure. uh, 811 is a, a great resource on, on COVID-19. Uh, seniors and folks that need uh, that kind of assistance, someone to talk to, groceries delivered, uh, medications, 211 is the uh, the BC Senior Outreach. Uh, and follow news.gov.bc.ca. You can sign up for uh, news releases that come out on all the good stuff that's happening out there. So, And, of course, you can always reach out to myself. All right, Dan. Well, thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Have a great day. Uh, you too. All right. We'll be right back to wrap things up right here on Moose Talks. At Panago, we know you have questions about pizza. And right now, can I get it delivered safely is the big one. Well, we've got the answer with zero contact delivery. Just prepay through our app or at panago.com. Then get a text or call when your pizza arrives. Our driver will stand back while you pick it up. It's that easy. So you can ponder tougher questions like, should pizza be its own food group? And can I eat it for breakfast? Order today at panago.com. COVID-19 requires each of us to help prevent further spread of this dangerous virus. Physical distancing is an important way we can all help slow the spread of COVID-19 and protect the health and safety of BC's healthcare workers, the people we need most in this crisis. Please do your part. For information, visit gov.bc.ca slash COVID-19 or call one covid 19 A message from the Government of British Columbia. This Sports Booster is brought to you by Olive Tree Mediterranean Grill, located on 100th Street. Ask them about catering your next event. Mediterranean cuisine is all homemade to perfection. For all your gravel hauling, contaminated waste, low beds and graders, Rogers Trucking can meet your needs. 
Call them today at 250-785-3647. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Yes, we are back on Moose Talks. We want to thank our uh, guests this week, Bob Zimmer and Dan Davies, for connecting with us to talk about all things going on in different levels of government. So uh, I'm grateful that they made some time. I wanted to remind you that if you haven't, please check out the COVID-19 directory over at energeticcity.ca. It's a one-stop listing for you to see how local businesses like restaurants have adapted their services and hours to make uh, to uh, dealing with uh, this time of pandemic. If you're a business, make sure you take some time to update and keep your entry updated so people can have the most up-to-date info uh, to be able to access your services from that one-stop shop. So if you want to check that out, update your info, see what uh, businesses have to offer, check it out right now, energeticcity.ca slash directory. That's it for Moose Talks this week. We'll be back next Friday with more local matters. Moose Talks is produced by Adam Rayburn. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. This is Moose Country. You smile the way you made me smile on the other end of a phone in the middle of a highway driving alone. Oh, baby, I I hope you hear a song that makes you sing along and get you thinking about her. Then the last several miles turn into a blur.
Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.